Welcome to my 9 for 2009 conference call. My name is Michael Heppel. Uh, this recording was made on the 19th of January 2009 at 5pm. If you haven't downloaded the workbook that goes with this call, please do so straight away. It helps you to get the most out of the content. Enjoy. Well, Happy New Year and welcome to Nine for 2009. This is a very exciting annual call that I've been doing now since we originally did four for 2004. So fifth year now and more and more people come on the line. The first one that we did, we had around about 30 or 40 people and now we have literally hundreds of people calling from all over the world. It really is amazing that we have people calling from Australia, people from America, all over Europe. We've had people on from the Malaysia easier people from the Philippines, uh, we have people from Hong Kong, and uh, many, many people, of course, calling from the UK as well. So today is that interesting day, isn't it? It's that, that Monday where psychologists have apparently worked out that today in the UK is supposed to be the most miserable day of the year. Now, do you believe that? This is apparently a combination of what they would call post-Christmas blues, uh, people's credit card statements have arrived in the post um, and it's that point of time where lots of people have given up on their New Year's resolutions and it of course doesn't help that January is a pretty mucky month for uh, the weather for the people who are listening from the UK and from uh, north of the equator and then of course we've got the added gloom this year that people just love to talk about which is the current economic situation so it's time to change all of that uh, and if you've had a chance to download your workbook then you'll see that we're going to work through lots of different sections for these nine different ideas and all you're going to do is simply fill in the gaps and add your thoughts uh, remember, you can text in your questions as well. I'll answer as many as I can as we go through the call, and particularly during question nine. Uh, we've already got quite a few sent in. All you have to do is text your question to 07624806527, and then start your message. Very important. This start your message with 33757. That's what identifies us and make sure that the questions come straight through. And that's very kind. Somebody has just sent one there saying, we've got it, Michael. Okay, so you've got the thing about the texting. That's great. Uh, if you haven't got a workbook and you want to print one right now, just go to michaelheppel.com. That's H-E-P-P-E-L-L -L at the end of Heppel. And on our homepage, right at the very top, you'll see the words uh, 9 for 2009 download page. Click on there and you'll be able to download the workbook right now. Okay, so um, to get the very best out of 2009, number one, I'm going to think what? Now, there's a missing word there. I'm going to think transferable. In other words, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I get the best out of every single opportunity that comes my way. See, life is broken down like a reference book into many, many chapters. Uh, and each part could be loosely themed when you think about it around an area of life such as your work, or your health, or your family, your success strategies, creativity, however you want to break it down. And sometimes what we think is that a particular chapter may not be appropriate for us, or that some might be more appropriate than others. Now, the first lesson of 9 for 2009 starts right now with this idea to think transferable. You see, it's, it's very tempting when you see a headline 
or when somebody's discussing something, or you're reading something, to make an instant judgment about the content and about whether it's going to be applicable to you. Now, I wonder if by doing that, you may have just missed some amazing opportunities in the past. Well, of course we have. I think we all have, because sometimes we've closed our minds by not thinking transferable. So it's time for a change. So my first challenge to you is, as you move through this year, if you should find yourself thinking, you know, that's not for me because you know, I don't do this, or I don't have that in my life, or it's not necessary to know about this, then think transferable and ask immediately, how could I adapt and apply this into my life right now? Now, think about that with tools and techniques and knowledge. And, it's, and it does sound very, very simple, I know. But when you start and use this tool, you will be amazed at how you can transfer new knowledge into important areas of your life. And you can start right now with this call. There's nine different areas that we're going to be exploring. And if right now you think, well, that doesn't matter to me, that area isn't appropriate because, I'm usually thinking of a reason I don't do this or I do do that, then you're not going to get the very best out of the call. So to start, just really, really going for that. And I know that right now you've engaged at what I would call an intellectual level. In other words, you've said to yourself, okay, I understand that, I get that. But really, the next step is to move from knowing it to actually doing it. You see, understanding the tools and the techniques from this call at an intellectual level, that's great. But the real benefit comes from using the techniques in real-life situations. Remember, the secret isn't in the knowing, the secret's in the... Hopefully you've all said the word doing, yeah. So take action, and as you learn a tool, test it straight away. And you'll be amazed at the results, and very soon you'll be the one who's thinking transferable and getting the absolute best out of these nine tools and techniques. Now, number two, it says, low-hanging fruit has now, and then there's a gap. Well, the word to write in there is gone. Low-hanging fruit has now gone. If you're in business, if you're in any kind of service industry, if you're anywhere where you have to you know, deal with other humans and interact with other humans, you probably notice that the low-hanging fruit has now gone. So we need new strategies to be able to fill our basket. We need new strategies to be able to get the very, very best out of life during these particularly uncertain times. So you need to get a, and there's a gap there again, get a ladder. So how do you get the fruit when the low-hanging fruit's gone? Well, you get a ladder, and then you climb the tree, and you get up there, and you go and pick it. Now, what are the ladders going to be for us? Now, there's so many different ways that you can get a ladder to climb up there and go and get that low-hanging fruit. Number one is education. Right now is the time that you should be learning. Right now is the time when you must increase your levels of education. Not just in the direct area where you work, but also in other areas of life as well, so you can think transferable. The next thing, a great ladder is to learn how to network properly. And this is most people's idea of great networking. They, they go along to a networking event. Now, you've all seen those things, haven't you, where people go along and it's described as a networking event. And what happens is people mull around in a hall and they kind of swap business cards. And at the end, there's somebody stood with a big handful of business cards and they believe that they have been a successful networker 
just because they have a handful of business cards. Now that isn't successful networking for me. I think successful network is about building relationships. It's about finding ways how you can provide a service for somebody so that you can put deposits in their emotional bank account so they'll want to do something for you. It's about smart networking. That's what real networking is about. Next thing, another rung for your ladder, is to go through your old contacts. You know, who have you lost touch with who you need to call? Who are your old clients? Who are your old friends? There's never been a better time to get on the phone and to get in touch with people. Now, notice I say get on the phone. Don't send them an email. Right? Pick up the phone and talk to people. Here's how you do it. You think about who it is that you want to get in touch with. I would make a list. You'd find their telephone number. You give them a call and say, hi. It's whoever it is. It's, it's Michael here. I just wanted to say I've been thinking about you this week. You keep popping into my head, so I thought I would give you a call. How are you? And then listen. Because that's the key skill. You're not ringing up to brag about what you're doing or to complain about what you're doing. Listen to them. And it may be that some of those old contacts are the ones that you really need to reinvigorate. Often we say we've got to go out and we've got to find new contacts, new people who we're going to work with, new people who we're going to build relationships with, and then we let some brilliant ones go. So re-engage with those old contacts. The next thing is get the edge. What are you going to do to edge better than anybody else? What's going to be the thing that makes you unique, that's going to be making you special? See, if you want to get that ladder up high to get the best fruit that's going to be right at the top of the tree, then you'd better have an edge. The next one is attitude. You might have heard that old cliched saying, but I'm sure that it's as true now as when it was first said, your attitude will determine your altitude. And there's some fantastic research around at the moment which shows that people who have brilliant attitude are going to be the ones who will be so much more successful than those who just have the technical knowledge. Now, we all know that. We've all known that for years. But really, this is about saying there's research now that backs that up. There's research there that's going to say to you, yes, this is proven now. People with the right attitude are going to get the best results. The next one is what I love to call graft. It's just hard work. You know, you're going to have to work extra hours if you want to get that ladder up to that high fruit. You're going to have to go the extra five miles when everybody else was going the extra mile. The extra mile is the norm now. We're talking about taking things to the very next level and saying, come on, what am I going to do to be absolutely awesome now? What am I going to do to really, really take it to the next level? And that's about graft, about putting in some extra work. Get up one hour earlier. Go to bed an hour later. There's two hours in a day. Now, you don't have to do that forever, but right now that's the type of thing that you can do to really kickstart where you're going in 2009. Next thing is technology. If you haven't embraced technology yet, then you might as well just keep that ladder in the shed. New technology is out there and it is enabling people to do amazing things. If right now, if you're not using things like Facebook, you know, I'm using Facebook to stay in touch with friends, but I'm also using it to share information about my business. If, you, if you're on Facebook and you haven't become a friend with me yet, then you can do it right now. You know, Go to Facebook and look up Michael Heppel and uh, come right at the top of the list there and request to be a friend and I'll let you know what we're doing and share information with you. There's many, many new technologies out there. You've got to use them. And the next one, and it's the final one, but it probably should have been the first one. The best way to get up that ladder is to make sure that you're fit and healthy.
You've got to be better than ever. Your energy levels are going to have to go through the roof in 2009. And the only way that you're really going to do that is by looking after yourself and becoming incredibly fit and incredibly healthy. Let's have a look at number three out of these nine for 2009 ideas. Uh, and it, I've called it mixing your thinking. And it's mixing your thinking by using a technique which I'm spending a huge amount of time on now called Flip It. F-L-I-P and then it. Flip it. Uh, and Flip It is the title of my next book. I'm currently writing it and researching it and most of my time is devoted to Flip It and to Flip It thinking. Uh, and I say here it's time to get the best out of everything. So fill in those gaps. It's time to get the best out of everything. Why wouldn't you want to get the best out of every situation? Why wouldn't you want to get the best out of your thinking? Why wouldn't you want to get the best out of you? Now, flippant thinking is everywhere. And at times you do it without really thinking about it. And there's other times when you don't do it, but you probably should do it. So let's start off with a simple flip it, and then we'll move on to something a little bit more advanced and with a little bit more complexity as we, as we move on through the call here. And the first one's very simple. It's called the power of questions. Now, isn't your brain wonderful? It contains 100 billion neurons, and it's capable of dealing with trillions of thoughts. Yet most of it is sitting around twiddling its thumbs, waiting for something to do. So why not get your brain busy and give it some graft? Now, by asking yourself questions, rather than taking particular situations as a given, you give that old brain box of yours a bit of a blast. Now, here's some examples of given situations and how you might want to turn them into questions using flippant thinking to get better results. So here's a classic one. I haven't got the time. Now, how could you flip that? Well, you could flip it and say, how can I find some time? Much better thing to do, to ask the question, how can I find some time, rather than saying, I haven't got the time. Oh, this is boring. Okay, well, flip that, and then ask yourself the question, what can I do to make this more interesting? All sorts of things start to happen. You'll get a notebook out, start and ask better questions, start and have a look at what else may be around. Think about the opportunities that may be there for you. What about these are one? I don't know. People say it all the time, don't they? I don't know. I don't know. But what if you were to flip it and then ask a question of yourself, which might be, well, who do I know who knows? Or a really wacky one, but if I did know, then what would the answer be? So rather than saying I don't know, okay, if I did know the answer, what would it be? Start and play with your brain like that and get some of those billions of brain cells really, really working. Now, using your brilliant brain in this way not only will help you get better results for what you're thinking about right now, but you also exercise some dormant areas of your brain. And this gives you a chance to blow out some of those um, neural cobwebs so that you'll be able to use those areas effortlessly later. And so many of these tools and techniques that I teach you, the reason I want you to test them and use them straight away is because if you do that, it makes it so much easier to use them later and make them effortless. So let's take flippant thinking to another level here. Question for you. What would happen if you eliminated excuses? Just think about that for a moment. What would happen if you eliminated excuses? If you just decided, I'm not going to make any more excuses. So excuses, they slow you down. They create barriers to creativity. And I guess that when you were very, very small, 
your little clever brain was working some stuff out and it realized that if you made an excuse for not doing something, you'd probably get away with it. The trouble is, you were five. Now you're growing up, but you still use excuses to justify why you haven't, can't, won't, or a myriad of other negative put-offs to ensure that you don't actually need to see something through. So if excuses are so destructive, why do we use them? Well, I think to discover the answer to that, we probably have to go back a couple of steps. Now, you see, an excuse is often a lie as well. You know, I, I couldn't do that today. I had far too much on, which roughly translates as, oh, craggy. I've said half the day doing nothing when I should have been doing the important stuff. Quick, think of an excuse, but make it a worthy one. I know, I'll say I've been busy. No, better than that, I'll imply I've been really busy and I might even get a little bit of sympathy thrown in too. So, you know, you probably didn't even know that you were thinking it because it's now hardwired into your subconscious. So you spout forth all that nonsense in a nanosecond without really thinking about it. Well, well done you. So if it's hardwired in, can it be changed? Well, of course it can, but you've got to flip it first. So this is going to be your first big challenge, and it is a big challenge. The next time you find yourself making an excuse, flip it and instead make sure your explanation is the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Now here's a couple of ways that that might work. So a bloke goes to the shop, um, his other half has asked him to pick something up while he was there, but he completely forgot. And I'm sure there's some blokes listening right now and they know exactly how that feels. You only have to get one thing, you've got a bunch of other stuff, but not the thing. Um, and when you get home, he's, then he's going to be challenged, isn't he? He's going to be challenged. And then the excuse starts. Oh, I looked all over. They didn't have any. They must have sold out. Well, how about you flip it and say, oh my goodness. I completely forgot. I've got no explanation, but I'm going to go right out, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to get it. Now, here's another one. And I'm sure you may have either heard people say this, or maybe even used it yourself. Oh, my goodness. I am... Um, you didn't get my email. What? Oh, that's terrible. Well, the thing is, you see, we've been having a few technical problems with the system. Just starting to get your flow a little bit now. Uh, yeah, we've been having a few technical problems with the system. Your email must have been caught up in it. Well, what if you were to flip it and say, look, I'm terribly sorry, I haven't sent it yet. In fact, could you give me another hour so I can complete it, please? Better? Well, I don't know about you, but I do like a bit of honesty. And compared to poor excuses, I love a bit of honesty. Now, there are a couple of caveats. Number one, do not lose your job, partner, friends, family members, or anyone important because of this. Err on the side of caution. And number two, do test yourself a little bit. Push yourself a little bit further than you perhaps would normally go. Now, there's something very liberating about getting rid of excuses. There's no need to justify your actions or lack of them. Um, and people see a new side of you. And you'll find that they react to you in a different and usually much more positive way. And here's the best bit. When you eliminate excuses, you begin to eliminate the reasons why you made the excuses in the first place. Now just think about that for a moment. When you eliminate excuses, you begin to eliminate the reasons why you make the excuses in the first place. 
Uh, I once worked for a funny, um, and when I say funny, I mean unusual, not funny ha-ha, boss, who uh, I found myself making excuses to her and sometimes for her. The problem was, and there's probably no easy way to say this, but she was the problem. And because I didn't want to upset her, I found myself making excuses for her actions as well as my own. And I used to get myself into a real pickle. And then one day I was umming and erring about something and she looked me in the eye and said, Michael, the truth is freeing. Now, those words resonated in my head for a few moments, and I thought about them. The truth is freeing. I took a deep breath, and I told her. I told her the truth. No one had ever told her about the problems that she created and how they affected people. And when the air had settled, you know what she did? She thanked me. The truth is freeing. And number four, again, missing words there. It says, make mine app. And the word to put in there is a double. Make mine a double. I've heard people say that before. And I'm not talking about make mine a, you know, a double at the bar. I'm talking about make mine a double. In other words, I'm going to double up on everything to make 2009 absolutely my year. Can you do the same? Just tick the boxes for which ones you think are going to be the easiest for you. And then also take the boxes for the ones that are going to get the biggest results. See, if you double your levels of service, you know, start think about this. What are you going to do to get to five-star massive action? And what level of service could you do now? And then could you double that and take it to the next level? What about ambition? Now, there's that wonderful quote from Michelangelo, the greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but that it is too low and we reach it. Now, what level of ambition are you going to have? Could you double that? Could you double the size of your goals? What might happen if you double the size of your goals right now? What about effort? What if you double the effort? I mean, really double it. And I know some of us right now, you'll be thinking, but Michael, I am working flat out. Well, you know, Go for doubling it and see what happens. But I know many, many people could double their effort right now to get some amazing results. What about your health? What about looking after yourself, taking care of yourself right now? Now, what if you ran two miles, not one? What if you exercised four times a week, not two? What if you thought about the quality of the food that you were eating every single day, rather than just now and then while you remember it? And then what about relationships? What about intimate relationships? What about the people who you're closest to? What about doubling your efforts there? What if you went back to that time when you were first dating? What are the things that you could do there? You know, you really made an effort then, didn't you? You doubled your efforts because you really wanted to impress. And then you get into a relationship and you've been in the relationship for a long time. Perhaps it's time now to double that and to really get back to that idea of dating your partner so that you can really make an effort. And think about that with your kids as well and any important area of relationships. Time to double the efforts. And number five is around the very best investment to make in 2009. I've done quite a bit of research about this, and I have got the definitive answer for you. Now, it's amazing because we have people all the time, don't we, on the, um, on the television talking about investments and what you should be doing and uh, what you should be investing in. But I have found the absolute best investment to get massive guaranteed returns. And it is in personal development. Personal development. You know, it's not chairs, 
No, it's not premium bonds. It's not building society. It's not property. It's um, not a shoebox under the bed, although that mightn't be such a bad idea now. Um, I'm talking about if you want to get the very, very best returns on your finances, and it's financial, then you must, must, must start to invest in yourself and in your personal development. Now, number one stage for doing this is to make a decision about how much of an investment you're going to make in the most important person in the world, and that's you. And the way to do this is to say, okay, I'm going to make a decision now with true will. Now, there's two types of will, true will and false will. My great mentor, Peter Field, taught me this many years ago now. False will is where you say you will do whatever it takes. And then the situation comes along and you have a goal. But you don't do whatever it takes. You're only really partially committed to it. So... You then, because you quit and because you didn't see it through, the true will muscle starts to get weaker and weaker. So it's very, very important that you're going to commit to something in a moment and you're going to commit to something that you know you can use to really build that true will muscle. Because the more that true will muscle builds, the stronger it becomes, the stronger it becomes, the easier it is to see things through to make sure that you get things done in the future. So... Number one, commitment in time. How much of your time, how many of your waking hours, or what percentage of your waking hours could you put into your own personal development? Now, I know you have to make this decision with true will, but I would suggest that minimum amount of time should be 5% of your waking hours. And see if you can get it with 10%. And those who will do 20%, wow, amazing. But between 5 and 10%, I think, is a brilliant place to start. So if you're, you know, 16 hours a day that you're going to be awake, 5 to 10% of that time working on your own personal development. Next thing is that there's masses of free stuff out there. But also, I would suggest and advise that you invest in yourself financially as well. Invest in some resources, invest in some programs, invest in some audio programs, invest in some coaching, invest in something that's going to make a difference where you have to pay some money. And the returns are huge. And again, you decide. It's entirely up to you. But once again, maybe 5 to 10% invested in your own personal development will create an absolutely amazing result for you. So you decide right now. Once you make that decision, then just take a moment, write down your commitment in time, write down your commitment in money, and then ask yourself, using my true will muscle, can I commit to this? So we'll have a little sip of water. In super hydrate. And as I just have a look now, there's um, a few more uh, questions came in on the 9 for 2009 text line. If you join the call late and you do want to know how to send a text to the call, uh, it's very, very simple. Just send a text to 07624806527. Start the text with 33757. Right at the very start of the text, there was numbers, 33757, and send a text to. If anybody wants to send a little message, say hello. Tell me if you're enjoying the call, anything like that. Just send them through. It's very, very nice for me to be interacting live with you um, as, as they come through. 
Can I just tell you about something, just while we're here on the line and we're thinking about investing in ourselves and thinking about investing in our own personal development. Um, my, my very favorite program that I enjoy teaching more than anything else is our How to Be Brilliant uh, program, which and the next one takes place on the 5th of February uh, in next month. And I, I urge you, if you haven't attended one of these programs, one of my How to Be Brilliant programs, then you must find a way to get on one of these courses. You've got to do it. It is an extraordinary day, starting with really getting a fabulous balance in your life, exploring and really putting into practice, developing characteristic tools and techniques, finding out what might stop you from doing that, learning what it really is to have brilliance as your benchmark, and then being able to remove everything that might stop you from getting there. So you leave with the plan all worked out and the belief and the strategies and then creating fabulous, fabulous goals that intensely motivate you. And at the end of that day, we finish off with something called the Breakthrough Experience where you get to break through an inch-thick block of pine. It just comes bursting through with your bare hand. Uh, for some people, it's just a life-changing situation. For other people, it's a good pub story. But either way, no matter what happens, you will learn how to do that. And it's the brilliant metaphor to end off that first day. And on the next day, on the 6th of February, we do something called Brilliance in Business. And this is where you learn how to apply the how to be brilliant tools and techniques in a business or a work context. And some people, you know, have said, is this just about commercial businesses? Well, if you're a not-for-profit organization, please, you can come along as well, and it will work exactly the same for you. So don't think about the fact that it has to be, you know, just people who are into making lots of profit. If you are into making lots of profit, then you must be there, because I guarantee that if you use the tools and the techniques from Brilliance and business, then you will get amazing, amazing results. Now, we have got a very, very special announcement about these two programs. Um, each place is £295, but we have been able to secure a, a brilliant, brilliant discount um, for five people. Now, we were wondering how we were going to use this, how we were going to spend the money. We thought it was the fairest way was to spread it across the next five people who book onto the program. And what will happen is, is if you book onto How to Be Brilliant and Brilliance in Business on the 5th and 6th of February, it's at the Chesterfield Hotel in Mayfair in London, then you will save £200 off these events. Uh, very, very simple. All you've got to do is just call our office, 08456 733 There's people there at the office now, and there'll be people there at the end of the call. Just quote two. Uh, you, all you have to say is, I want the £200 off, 9 for 2009 offer. Or if you have some more questions, then please, please, please talk to our uh, staff in the office. They will tell you more about that. Okay, back to the nine ideas, up to number six now. Uh, and I call this the best way to complete a skills audit. Now, right now, lots of people are downloading and completing skills audits. I don't know if you've noticed that. Uh, and you see people, um, you know, doing these things as questionnaires and, you know, here's what are you good at, give yourself a mark out of ten for this, tick the box that applies to you here, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and it might be a good way to find out which skills you have, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't know how to apply them and get value from those skills. So you see, a skills order, it's there, it's that list of attributes, and you tick the ones that you may have, uh, or you score yourself out of 10. But rather than simply printing and completing the audit, I would like you to add three extra words and then a brief description after those words wherever you tick a box. Now the three magic words are these.
which means that. So if you've got, you've got your notepad and you've got your workbook, just write that down. Which means that. So here's how this might work with some um, skills ordered questions. So here's a classic thing. The statement might say, I am able to work to deadlines. Great, you tick that box. Well, so what? You're able to work to deadlines. Which means what? Which means that I can organize my time, increase reliability, and I don't create unnecessary worry. So now we're starting to add a little bit more value. What about, um, I am practical? Yeah, and tick that one. Well, so what? I am practical? What does that mean? Let's add which means that I am practical, which means that I can fix things rather than calling for help. I'm able to use this skill to help other people. Uh, let's take another one. Uh, what's, what's a great... Yeah, here's a classic one. I have a good use of grammar. Brilliant, you've got a good use of grammar. So what, you've got a good use of grammar. Which means that I can proofread documents. I can prepare for others. I can help to improve the professionalism of an organization. You see, most people think of their skills as a list, but the real value in any skill is the benefit that it brings to others. And by adding this statement, this, these three magic words, which means that, and extending the skill, you increase your value, your self-worth, and your employability. Let's take another one, number seven. Uh, Christy and I were watching a movie just over the Christmas holidays there, and it was called The Nightmare Before Christmas. If you've ever seen The Nightmare Before Christmas, it is brilliant, and it's all done with this stop animation. Fabulous, fabulous movie. And at the end, I was flicking through the special features part. And one of the things that I like to have a look at in special features are deleted scenes. So I went into deleted scenes, and combined with the director's commentary, it was fascinating to see why these scenes were taken out. Now, what do you think the number one reason why a scene was taken out? And, and think about it, they'd sometimes spent two months working on one scene that would last for 15 seconds, two months of your time on one scene, uh, why would they take it out? Well, this is the number one reason, because it's not essential to the plot. Write that down, because it's not essential to the plot. Okay? Now, this, I think, is a really, really important, important area. If it isn't essential to the plot, when people are making movies, they're going to cut that out. They're going to take out those parts. Now, when I thought about this, I realized, actually, you know, there's a lot of scenes in my life which aren't really essential to the plot. I made my mind up there and then. They had to go. Now, my question to you is... Which scenes could be deleted? Which parts of your life could be deleted because they're not essential to the plot? They're not essential to you achieving your goals. Now, one of the great ways to do that is to ask yourself this. You know, if you've got your life's purpose worked out, and, and uh, interestingly, a question has come in from somebody, how can I identify what my dream is? You know, I want to work towards living my dream, but I don't know what it is. And thank you very much to Lisa, uh, who's, who's texted that one in. Well, You've got, to get, you've got to get that goal, first of all. M my suggestion, I'll answer that question for you right now, Lisa, is to use a technique called Edison's Pad. Edison's Pad is where you take a, a notebook and a nice pen and you write down a question. Then when you go off to sleep that night, one of two things will happen. You will either wake up in the middle of the night and know the answer to the question, or at some point in the next 24 hours, 
bam, it's going to hit you like a bolt of, of, of lightning. It's going to be so clear and the answer comes to you because you've asked your subconscious the question. So you might take your um, Edison's pad and you'll write down, what is my dream? Now, what is my dream? Write that down. And then be open to the realm of possibility. You know, and we're going to come to that just appropriately at number, number eight. Be open to the idea, the realm of possibility. Well, what if? Isn't that a brilliant word? Absolutely brilliant word, you know. If you haven't noticed, we've moved into um, number eight right now. What in the terms of the realms of possibility are out there for you? Using that word, that powerful, powerful word of if. Now, if you use if in the right way, what can happen? Well, let's just think about um, the, the one that we've got here, you know, about for Lisa. I want to identify what my dream is. Well, rather than saying, you know, well, I'm not sure about that, what if it was that? What if your dream was to travel the world? And if I was to travel the world, what might happen? If my dream was to make a difference to people, what might happen? If my dream was to earn 10 million pounds, what might happen? If my dream was to run the organization, what might happen? By using if, the power of the word if, you really do start to open up to the realms of possibility. If is a wonderful word. You can use it in so many areas. You use it in sales for giving people an either or option. If we did it this way, what would you think? Or if we did it that way? What about creativity? And when you're thinking about creativity, how on earth can you make sure that you're going to be super creative? What about intimate relationships, you know? Um, what about creative intimate relationships if we did this? <laughs> I'll let your imagination work on that one. See, if you use the word if in the right way, it really does become a powerful enabler. Here's a few more to consider, just, just thinking of these off the, off the top of my head now. What might happen if you took more risk? It's great, isn't it? What might happen if you took a little bit more risk? What might happen if you wrote your goals down like you say you always will, but nine times out of ten you never actually get around to writing them down? And you know how important it is to write them down, and you know that you're going to achieve your goals much faster if you write them down. What if you actually did it this time? What if you invested in your own personal development? What if you decide that you were going to spend so much time and so much money on your own personal development? What might happen? What if you decided to ask better questions? Wow, what if? See, by using the word if and the power of if, you really do open up to the realm of possibility. So we're at number nine, and we've got you know about five minutes left on the call. And I did say that if you wanted to, you could text in a question. If you haven't done so yet, then please do it right now. You know, just don't think about the fact that there might be other people texting things and send yours zero seven. 624 um, International, you just do plus four four and then start off on seven six two four eight zero six five two seven and then start your message with three three seven five seven. Okay, and uh, do your question, very, very simple, whatever you might want to ask, and then say who you are and where you're from. So as I turn over to the screen here, we've got um, many, many coming, oh wow, they're flying in now. So let's have a quick look here. Um, there's a nice one here from a guy called Ed in Somerset. He says, Michael, do you not find that 2009 is already a brilliant year? Well, that's a great question. The answer is yes, 2009 is a brilliant year. Um, Great one here from Linda who says, um, how do you pass on vision and passion 
to um, an, an action. You know, how do you pass on vision and passion to action to the vision impaired? Okay, now I'm, I think she's talking about vision impaired, not necessarily people who might have problems with their with their eyesight, but the people who can't see the vision, who can't see where something's going to go. My advice to you, Linda, would be to that wonderful advice from Gandhi: be the change that you see in the world. You know, be the change that you see in the world. Take an opportunity to live it yourself first. Don't try and force it on other people. Other people get it by seeing you doing it. That's the most important thing. Uh, next one here. I need more confidence, though I find this is not easy. Others always seem to be better than me. It's, it's a real shame. But this is, uh, what advice would you give me? This is uh, from somebody in, uh, in Leeds. So... Think about this now. How do you find the confidence? Confidence is comes from within. Confidence comes from action more than anything. When you take action, you actually create confidence. Uh, and think about it in three areas. Number one, the physiology that you use, how your body actually moves. How would a confident person stand? How would a confident person breathe? Start and do that. It makes such a huge difference. The next thing is, what do you focus on? Do you focus on your success or do you focus on your failure? If you focus on your failures, then flip it. It's very interesting there that the language that, it's just gone off the screen now, but I think she, uh, she said, um, you know, I, I, I've just got it back here, I need to be more confident. Others always seem better. You know, if you're focusing on people seeming better, that's what you're going to get. Focus on what you're great at. I'm sure you've got some amazing, amazing skills and tools. Um, and then the final thing is language, the language that you use. You know, I need more confidence. That's great. Brilliant start to your statement there. I need more confidence, though I, I, it's, I don't find it, be, I find it not easy. What if you said, I could find it easier, you know, and use some affirmations and really promote the way that you talk in a very, very confident way. We've got, we've got loads coming through now. How do I motivate myself? Um, if I've lost motivation, uh, that's Nick there. Well, here's one of the things, you know, when you use motivation, I will go back to your core. Go right back to what it is that makes you who you are. What are the things that get you out of bed on a Monday morning? Why do you decide that you're going to make a difference? What is it that's going to make a difference for you? And go right back to finding your core, the thing that originally motivates you. Because right now, my guess is a lot of the stuff that's motivated people in the past, they've suddenly realized it's fake. You know, the bonus that they were going to get, the flashy car, all of these things, guess what? It was all fake. That's not what really motivated you. What really motivates you is getting back to your core and your core values. Um, so here we go. Why are some companies not making any cuts in their sales forces in 2009? And that's uh, from John Leyland from, he's put the whole details in, John Leyland from IFM Electronic. Well, some aren't making any cuts because they're doing really well. And right now, so many people are focusing on the businesses that are failing. Have you noticed that? All the effort seems to be focusing on the business that are failing. And yet there are other businesses that are doing incredibly, incredibly well. They're the ones I'm studying. That's what I want to know. How is it that some companies in the last 12 months grew by 400% when other companies have made record billions of losses? Now, I know if you watch the news, which ones they're going to get you to focus on. When you start and do your own research, you find out who are the real successful ones. Um, next one here. Um, hi, Michael. Um, I, uh, how do I find more fight when I'm constantly fighting against the tide? Steve in London, bless you for that one. Do you know what? That's what surfers do, isn't it? 
If you want to be a surfer, you've got to go out and you've got to battle against the tide first. You have to swim against the tide. But you know what? That tide is also going to be the thing that brings you back in. That tide is going to be the absolute secret to your success. And once you've paddled out there, you get a little chance to catch your breath, and that same tide will bring you back. But the surfers, the people who have that, and it's got to be the coolest sport in the world, doesn't it? Um, to be able to surf those people what they do is they go out there and they battle against it every single day we'll see if i can take um, a couple more here um wow there are quite a few that, that have come in there's one here that's coming from uh somebody in spain and um is there a trick to accepting yourself as you are to be brilliant with others um and that is a uh, low preto in spain of course you must accept yourself first definitely because in order to really be brilliant then brilliance has to come from your core and accepting yourself for who you are what you are and what you do i think is just a brilliant way for us to to finish off these questions here you know yes definitely 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 it's actually there's three other people come in there that said we can't find you on facebook i'll come to you in a second no more questions about facebook i'll tell you that in a moment but going back to that question about really finding you know and accepting yourself then you're absolutely you're right as well you will find brilliance with others by accepting it in yourself first lovely way of phrasing that uh, people who can't find me on facebook then you know, go to our website and just um or send an email to info michaelheppel.com and we'll send you the link uh, i am there i'm the person who's kind of i'm the most handsome of all the michael heppel pictures of course that's the one who's me um and if you um if you go to our website you'll see my photograph there it's the same picture that we have on the website as we do on the facebook pages so wow i think that worked really really well thank you so much for all the people who've texted in questions um if we haven't been able to answer yours and we've probably only answered about you know quite a small percentage there then um what we'll probably do is we'll use those as our ask michael questions on our newsletters in the next coming weeks so you know it's a great way for you to ask a question every time one of our newsletters comes out we have an ask michael section um thank you so much for joining the call today one final thing is if you are thinking, I really do want to step up, I want to make 2009 my very best year ever, then you must find a way to join us on How to Be Brilliant in, in February and Brilliance in Business. And that offer is there, but it's only there for uh, the first five people. So five people can save £200 now by making that commitment and joining us on How to Be Brilliant and joining us on Brilliance in Business. Really, really go for it. You will love it. It's the best, best program. If, if you think, oh, I can't get the course on the other side of the world or can't get time off then or whatever, there's always a way if you want to find a way. But if you can't do that, then go and have a look at some of the fabulous um, uh, stuff that we've got on our website, some of the, uh, the audios and some of the books and some of the things that we've got to help you to make 2009 your very, very best year. Thanks so much for taking the time to call in and we will be back in touch with you real soon. Be brilliant. Well, I do hope that you enjoyed the recording. If you would like more information about any of our products, then please go to our website, www.michaelheppel.com. Send an email to info at michaelheppel.com or call our office in the UK. The number is 08456 733336 or internationally, just need to do plus 44, then 1434 688. 555. 
Thank you so much for listening and, of course, be brilliant. <laughs>